Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. Kings Island is now open weekends. Welcome into another edition of Monday Scramble, where Adam Scott is once again in the winner's circle on the PGA Tour. One-shot win down at Trump National Doral. We'll talk about him. We'll also talk about Roy McIlroy, who let a 54-hole lead slip away. And world number one, Jordan Spieth, gets set to defend his title at the Valspar Championship. Welcome in. I'm Will Gray, joined as always by Jay Coffin, Randall Mel. Boys, we're going to be joined by Rex Hoggard in a little bit uh, via audio. So a lot to talk about after a very interesting Sunday down at Trump National Doral. Jay, what were your thoughts? <laughs> Interesting is one way to put it. That's the word uh, I'm going you know, with. It could be, it was bizarre, it was unexpected, it was hectic, it was chaotic. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of things, but, but what it ended up to be, to be was super exciting and, and good for golf, right? I mean, I may not necessarily be good for Rory, but it's good for Adam Scott, you know, c continuing to battle those demons. Bubba Watson, you kind of had the who's who there as we're a month away from the Masters, and then you had the man who owns the place just drop in, you know, out of nowhere. And sort of stir things literally up. So out of the sky together turned out for a pretty good day and a pretty good week yeah it was it was great it was great fun is what it was it was a great leaderboard we had all the stars there we had the guys you think about being favorites in the masters yep. uh, right there and um and we had a golf course with the way the wind was there it was like i think perfect for for there was there's risk and reward the wind gets up there though and forget it it gets goofy but it was just it was just right conditions where it was fun not knowing if a guy was going to hit a ball in the water or not because you had to be spot on in those conditions two in a row for adam scott after uh, the honda classic title and the runner-up at the northern trust before that but it was interesting kind of in the middle of that final round was rory started to fall so we'll talk more about that later with rex but Adam Scott really grabbed this tournament by the throat in about a five-hole stretch to open up the back nine. It seemed like every approach shot he hit was a kick in birdie. It is. It must be nice to be able to play golf like that. Well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know why you're looking at me for that. Uh, question. You're here. I don't know. I, no, you're right. The, uh, it, it's the Rory thing was was just weird. I mean, for for him just to not. You know, I mean, there weren't double bogeys. I mean, it was it was what you know, three bogeys and a bird. I mean, it just wasn't wasn't a whole lot there. He just kind of didn't have that pep in his step. And you knew if that was going to happen, somebody was going to take advantage of it. it. Looked like Phil, Bubba, Danny Willett, Adam Scott. And you're right, though. Adam Scott, when he needed it, he hit the he hit the golf shot. Still, only shot 69. I don't want to say only. I mean, 300 par around there because the conditions is pretty good. But when you're looking at Rory with that kind of a lead, you thought if somebody other than Rory's going to win, somebody's going to have to shoot 66, and that did not happen. Yeah, Rory there, right in the middle of the round, all of a sudden he got a case of the poles, a little left at mm -hmm. seven. He pulls it up against the rake left of the green. He, 
80 pulls it in the water, uh, 9 he pulls it in the bunker, and he just, that, that was gone by that yeah, time. Yeah. He, he couldn't get that worked out and it was gone. But uh, yeah, Adam Scott, how about two balls in the water in the front, two doubles, uh, a shank out of the bunker in the back, and the guy still wins. That was impressive. Four birdie four, the first five holes in the backside, and to, to Jay's point, Jay, I think you went four of the last five years without a birdie, didn't you? Something like that. Yes. <laughs> Got you coming from all sides, sir. I was going to say we'd wow. come back to you for the, the insight and expertise on the bunker shank. We could have a little 15-minute segment on how to tow it from one bunker into the other. But He's anyway. cough it every yeah. time we talk about something that stinks that a because he would know more than anybody. All right, okay. All right. well, without, without further ado, let's welcome in a road-weary Rex Hoggard, who was down all week at Trump National Doral covering things. He's now out at the Valspar Championship getting ready for the next event of the Florida Swing. Rex, uh... Are you rested up? And more importantly, did you get one of those nifty hats from the Trump National Doral Pro Shop? I did not. No, they they were selling them. That's pretty cool. That. My question is, when was the last time anybody won anything with two water balls and a round and a shank? I mean, I'm not talking about a tour event. I mean, we, you could say this about a club championship. I mean, it, it was an amazingly gritty performance for Scott. Yeah, it was uh, quite the royal sampler of, of scorecards that he had there, uh, getting off to a rough start, but he, he certainly rallied. It's, as we said, it's, it's two in a row. He's clearly the hottest golfer on the planet right now, Rex, but what stood out most to you covering it all week down there at Doral from, from Adam Scott's second of back-to-back -back victories? Well, Adam talked about it on Sunday night after the victory. He said that, you know, he played pretty well for the first two days, and he really felt like he hit a wall on Friday. I mean, coming off of what you just pointed out has been a whirlwind stretch. You go back to the Northern Trust where he finished second, and then, of course, last week. That takes a lot out of you. And uh, let's face it, Adam Scott doesn't play a lot of golf to begin with. This was going to be three weeks in a row. It was going to be hard run. You put him in contention. And he said he really had to regroup. He really had to take time Friday night and try to refine his swing. And then, of course, after that second double on Saturday, he said he gets to the 6T. His caddy, David Clark, kind of gave him a little pep talk. He said that we gave them four last week. He's talking about the quadruple bogey that he had on Saturday. And we still won. We can win this one. And for him to just to turn it around that quickly and just to regroup and to go back in, and it really shows the mental toughness from a guy that, let's face it, we used to think that maybe Adam was a little bit on the softer side, but it, that was a really gritty performance. Yeah, Rexy, I mean, we were here three weeks ago and talking about he's going to, you know, how he's perturbed by having to answer the, the questions about putting and, and you know, and, and that he was going to do everything in his power to, to prevent that, those questions from continuing to come. Now we heard, here we are two weeks later and he's won back to back. But now looking forward, what do you expect out of him now? I mean, this puts a bullet on him heading into the Masters, which is something we didn't really expect. How do you think he's going to handle this next month with pre preparation and now not a answering all the questions about putting? Now all of a sudden from that to, hey, by the way, what are you going to do to win the Masters? Oh, it completely deflected it on Sunday night, like a politician. It was perfect. That on the same day that Donald Trump crashed the party at the row, that Adam Scott proved to be such a good politician because he was asked point blank who is the Masters' favorite now and whether or not if he thought it might be him. And this point blank, nope, I Bubba Watson is the Masters' favorite. And he completely deflected it. He talked about how good Jordan Spieth played last year, how good Rory's playing this year. He's really in a good spot. I mean, I think mentally he's going to be able to deal with the fact that he's back into that contention. He's back into that category of being a world-class player. Hey, Rex, uh, you wrote a little bit about Bubba and 18 and stepping off that shot three times and then taking blame for it himself, saying I'm a bit of a head case. What did you uh, make of that? And just uh, generally, uh, how do you feel about Bubba going to the Masters? 
Well, there was something going on on AT, and he backed off his tee shot three times. He was clearly uncomfortable. And when I asked him about it after his round, he, he kind of took a really long pause before he answered me because I think there was something else, and he realized that I don't want to get into this right now because, let's face it, he's gotten sideways with the media this year. Go back to TPC Scottsdale when he got a lot of heat for criticizing the golf course, and he goes, look, I'm just not going to go there. I'm going to you know, put this on myself. I'm a head case. I had to clear out the cobwebs. And just like I talked about Adam, I think this puts Bubba in another category. We always wonder, you know, does, does he have the mental toughness to get it done? Of course, he's done it twice at Augusta. It's a perfect golf course for him. And there was no negativity at all. There was no looking back. I, you know, there was nothing about Sunday's round that he was regretful. He's looking completely ahead. I mean, he's very excited the way he's playing. And I, I think that Adam Scott might be right. Despite how well he's played, despite what Jordan has done, despite what Rory's doing right now, I think Bubba has to be the favorite going in the Masters. Wow, that's a tough one to uh, wrap my head around. Jordan Spieth still playing some pretty good golf, not necessarily this week, but uh, if we're talking Masters favorites, I think he's in the discussion. But moving on, let's talk to, about a guy who kind of spit the bit on Sunday, Rex, and that's Rory McIlroy. He's coming in a three-shot lead. He's got a great record as a 54-hole leader. It feels like this could be one of those Rory routes where he wins by five, six, seven shots. And then all of a sudden, we see it, it kind of fizzle out on on Sunday during the final round. So what are, what are your takeaways from Rory's week? So much discussion early in the week about switching to cross-handed putting, got off to a slow start, then it worked really well, and then the wheels came off during the final round. I think the answer can be found in what he said on Saturday night when he talked about having a three-stroke lead and how are you going to play on Sunday with, with those kind of conditions. And he goes, look, I learned my lesson at the 2011 Masters that I, I cannot protect the lead. I can't play defensively. That's not his style of play. He said he was going to go out and he was going to play offensively. He was going to try to make birdies. He was going to try to be aggressive. And as Randy pointed out, the conditions on Sunday were as tough as they were all week long at Doral. And I think with that mentality and combination of those conditions on that golf course, it just bit him. I don't think there's anything more to it than that. I think he's still very happy with where he's at with the putting stroke, considering like that was the first event. He broke out the cross-handed putting stroke, and he has been happy with his ball striking all year long. So I don't think this was any kind of crack in the armor more so than it was just a philosophy. He wanted to be aggressive on a golf course that you just can't be aggressive on. Yeah, the only uh, the only player in the top ten who was over over par. When you look at that, that stands out like a sore thumb. When that statistic is next to Rory McIlroy, real quick, Rex. Um, so Jordan Spieth, the number one player in the world. I don't think look, I, you know, I don't think anybody necessarily expected him to win. Right? This is the Bombers. They were all up there and everything. And I, you know, personally, I thought maybe if he had snuck out a top ten finish, it would be a good week. He ends up tying for seventeenth. Sort of got progressively less interested or progressively not worse but just it, it didn't go so well as the week went on um how do you feel about Spieth you know again a, a month out he's still got uh, um three more events before we get to the Masters but how are you feeling towards the number one player in the world well and I think this probably has a lot to do with what you just pointed out this is a Bombers golf course and even with the changes that they made before this year's event I think it's still going to be a Bombers golf course and you just get the impression watching Jordan that He's just sneaking up on Augusta, that everything he's doing is gearing towards Augusta. He has learned better than a lot of players out there who are much, much older than he is that you got to peak those four weeks out of the year, and he's turned it into a science. We saw it last year, what he did in the majors, and even what he did at Eastlake. He considered Eastlake a major because he knew if he won there, he'd win the FedEx Cup. So I don't think there's any alarm bells. I think what he's doing right now is exactly where he wants to be. It'll be a more interesting litmus test depending on what he does this week in Tampa than what happened last week at Doral. I agree with that. 
Rex, uh, the future of the tournament at Doral is in question. We don't we don't know what the future is going to be. But just uh, what do you think the players think about that? Um, it's a course that has gotten a lot of attention with the changes. Um, and you look at the schedule, playing Honda where there's a ton of water and a ton of force carries, and then you go to Doral where now it's the same thing, a ton of water, a ton of force carries, and the winds, just a really tough back-to-back -to -back stretch. How, how do you think the players feel about uh, playing there and returning there? Well, I think there's still very much mixed feelings when it comes to the golf course. Again, I think they softened a lot of the edges, moved around a lot of the bunkers, hoping to bring the mid-length guys into play for this year's event. But you're right. I mean, for two weeks coming into Florida, the guys start getting beat up, and there's nothing you can do about it because, I mean, the guys are not going to skip a World Golf Championship event. And as much as it seems that the future of the Doral event is in flux, when it comes to sponsorship, speaking with the commissioner yesterday, Tim Fincham's pretty good when it comes to 11th hour kick saves, when it comes to sponsorship. So I would be surprised if we get to a point in the next two or three months that they start talking about either moving that event somewhere else or they're not being golf at all in South Florida. The thing that really impressed me the most with Roy McIlroy, you bring Donald Trump into the picture, he was kind of asked that question point blank earlier in the week last week about can you imagine not coming back to Doral after being here so many years? And he kind of thought about it for a minute, and he goes, you know what? A year from now, Trump could be the president, and it would be silly for the PGA Tour not to have some sort of relationship with him. And I know the tour has tried to distance themselves from politics as much as possible, but all those things combined, I'm going to be surprised if we're not back at the round next March. Rex, uh, as you said, Donald Trump was kind of the elephant in the room all week uh, with player interviews and whatnot, but he made an appearance Sunday as the resort host. What was that scene like? as he landed there uh, with the helicopter and kind of went and, and hobnobbed with some of the players and, and talked to some of the guys on the range. Surreal, weird. I mean, you can pick any number of words. I mean, it was it was really a strange setting. I mean, and the thing is, is for the first three days, the, there really had been no buzz on the golf course, which is surprising considering who was on the leaderboard and who was in the field. And it really took Trump's helicopter to land over there on the red course to get things all stirred up. And, you know, he made his presence known. He was talking with fans he stopped on the range to talk to Roy just a few minutes before he teed off in the final round which I'm sure Roy loved uh, given the situation he was in and, and he spent a lot of time talking with reporters but uh, again I think it goes back to the idea that he's invested a lot of money in that resort I think it's very important not just for the tour to stay at the row but I think it's also important for Trump to have the tour at Doral because, I mean, seeing it on television once a year and the scenes when everyone's freezing to death up north, that's good marketing, and he is a businessman. That he is. We will see uh, how things go. I think that's a good place to leave it. Rex, thank you much for your time today. Great coverage all week, and I look forward to what you have for us in store this week in Innsbruck. The road and the show goes on. Thanks, boys. See you. All right. See you, Rexy. Yeah, I think uh, surreal was, was probably a good word to go with that. I, I'm wondering, you know, Trump is an avid golfer. He should know. If you're if you're a tournament leader, you're locked into your routine. Whoa, 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 whoa. You've got, you've got a, a, a program in place here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. I have to tell him some stories here back in the oh, days when, when, when Donald hosted the LPGA season finale. Yeah. At, oh, yeah, shaving shave the bank there. Well, not only that, but when the I remember one year when, when he first started hosting it, uh, 
we look out and there's Donald walking down the middle of the fairway with <laughs> Annika Sorensen when the tournament started. So, you know. All right, so maybe the maybe any the rules. that bank on on 18 where Oh, that thing's gone. that's gone. gone that, they are putting a torch to that to that bank. Gone right now. He, he might have tried to reach him back in there while the the ball was still in play there, but uh, yeah, certainly a crazy scene, but it was great to have a leaderboard, Jay, as you mentioned earlier, that not only had a lot of action and a lot of motion on the back nine, but it was all the heavy hitters, all the names that you would have wanted coming into the week, except perhaps Spieth, but mm -hmm. everyone else was right there coming down to the end. Yeah, it is. You know, it's sort of a, it's, it's a weird thing. Like, you, there's such high expectations for the Masters every year, right? For many reasons. For the people up north who are freezing. It's our first major in seven or eight months. Like, there's so many, there, there's so many... There's so much expectations, and, and everybody gets their hopes up to have a great master. So, so now here we are a month ahead, and everybody that we, the collective we, want to play well in the top five or six of the world are playing well right now, play well right here. You just hope that we can sort of bottle this in a month from now, because we know, <laughs> I mean, you know, somebody could, you we've could been, be hitting it sideways in two weeks. We've been trying to bottle this for the I last know. month, I know. and it's, it's like it's still it's going. Still, it's still going, and it's still going, so although that was fantastic, and I watched every second that I could, was at my little guy's baseball game, and I'm out there on our app, on Live Extra, watching the Company entire man. thing. I, it was terrific. You just, you really do truly hope that it just kind of keeps continuing. Jason Day kind of gets a little spark. Mm -hmm. Spieth gets a little more pep in his step. Ricky continues to do his thing. And then we just all kind of collide at the Masters. It's kind of too good to happen, but yeah, yeah. Adam, you can dream. Adam Scott, I mean, he's not peaking too early, is he? And, and does this thing, maybe this means what you're talking about, Jay, is that Phil is just on that upwardly mobile yeah, trending and he's point. just we waiting. I was going to say, we need, we need to talk yeah. about Phil. Fifth, yeah, fifth place, you know, he's got the runner-up at Pebble, a T3 out in Palm Springs. Still doesn't have that win in almost three years now, but you've got to think it's coming soon. You, you do, and, and I don't know why it surprised me that it's up on the leaderboard because of what we seen over the last month but it still sort of did yeah i mean he you know through two rounds right i mean this was we're kind of like thinking man we're gonna be writing a phil's winning before <laughs> the master's story and it didn't happen but he had a, had another chance again on sunday he just kind of didn't go away again rory kind of let those guys in but but who cares i mean such is life phil is not really going away right i mean he's he's just kind of week yeah. after week he's kind of there he's making headlines he's close enough to the top of the yep. leaderboard to let us know that it's not crazy to think he has one more run, at least one more run, at Augusta National under his belt. I mean, it's this is this is awesome, right? At the beginning of January, we had our stories heading into the Masters that we sort of knew, and he was not one that we knew was going to be there, yep. you know, nor was Adam Scott, actually. That's true. And so it's good to have those two to those top four or five guys that we knew were going to be there. Phil has a way of talking himself into things. So sometimes when you're listening to him, when maybe he's not in his best form, but he's still speaking confidently, you know, it's almost like he's talking to himself. But you look at the stats, that look in his eye, that bounce in his step, the things they're saying, they're validated. You know who's leading the PGA Tour in scoring right now? Phil. Phil Nicholson. <laughs> he's tied for six in strokes gained putting. He's 40th in total driving, which he's been telling us about how much more comfortable he is with the driver. Phil was like 89th last year in total driving, and he was 139th the year before that. So the things that he's saying, uh, there's reasons he's saying it. Yep. And, Will, you, I mean, you saw him last week. You, you saw him up close last week he's at, at Honda, Honda, right? Yep. So, I mean, what do you... I mean, you've you've seen him more recently than either one of us in person. I mean, <laughs> you you like what you're. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of hard it, not to 
get behind the Phil movement. Is it is. Listen, I was as hesitant as anyone else, and I'm, I'm on board. I think he's going to win soon. Uh, but it goes back to what you were saying, Randy. When we were down at Honda together, and he did not have a great week at Honda. And he came off on Sunday and sat there, and he's like, guys, I'm hitting it great. I feel great. I'm excited for Trump Doral. It's going to be a course that fits my eye. I'm feeling good. And the numbers did not at all back it up in terms of the sample size of PJ National, but... You know, he took it down down south on I-95, and he put it right back together. He is, whereas the last couple of years, we've seen him struggle to put multiple weeks back to back. Now we're seeing that he doesn't have two clunkers in a row. Now this yeah. is becoming more of the norm where he's going to be contending. Maybe he has an off week and it doesn't quite come through, but I think that this is going to be yeah. more often than not what happens. Bizarro, Phil. Yeah. And these, <laughs> these last two weeks have been supreme tests of ball striking. Yeah. Because, well, you were there. Uh, exactly. Yes. All of the water there. The, the, the margin for error at PGA National and now at Doral is so small. It's uh, as Rex was saying, if you're a little bit off like Rory was, those courses make you pay. I mean, you know, you're, you're in the water. So, Phil, to have, uh, to be feeling the way he is about his game, playing on golf courses like that, in the winds, the South Florida winds we get in the winter, says a lot about his yeah. ball striking. Yeah, that's cool. Before we put a pin in the week at Doral, got to talk about the absolute melt job from Dustin Johnson. Defending champion, final pairing with Rory, and just absolutely implodes, goes seven over across four holes from 10 to 13, shoots a 79 in the final round, never heard from again. I mean, what, what is going on with this guy? We've seen it. We've seen him melt. I mean, Chambers was a little different, but we saw yeah. the weekend melt at St. Andrews. He really fell back in another WGC event at Bridgestone when I was up there at Firestone. He was right in position through 36 holes and hit, the, hit reverse real quick. I guess really shame on us for thinking it's going to be different. I'm, I'm, look, I, the guys, I mean, who has more athletic ability than him? We talk about it all the time when we talk about Dustin, right? It's one of the first things that come. I mean, who is more athletic? I mean, who is who is who on tour is built to hit a golf ball like this guy is built to hit a golf ball? And you come back to a place where he's got good vibes, the feel good story from a year ago. So you you sort of you think it's going to be different. I don't know if you think it's going to be different or you want it to be different. And you see him up there, and you're like, oh, that's great. We're going to have you know Bubba, and you know it's going to depend on Rory. But Rory starts to back up. Surely DJ is going to be one of the guys at a place that he's played well, and and it just. It just wasn't. I mean, that was just a, was that bad. was abysmal, man. Yeah. So I guess shame on us for thinking that when he gets in pressure situations, he's going to play good, right? Because he just has not. Yeah. I mean, my thing with DJ is when it goes south, it goes south in a hurry. Goes, we saw it <laughs> in that four-hole stretch in the back nine. I think it goes back to look at what Adam Scott did, not only last week, but, but on Sunday at Doral. If you give DJ Adam Scott's opening stretch, if he plays his first five holes in three over, he is reaching for the ripcord. Correct. And Adam Scott came back and won that golf tournament, Correct. and there is no way that Dustin Johnson pulls off that same feat with that start. Absolutely. We didn't get to see a lot of him on TV because he dropped out of contention so quickly, so this morning, I just went on Shotlink to look at his round, and his shots were just all over the place. He was in the water twice on the front side. He was in eight bunkers. He just was all over the place. But again, you know, this is a golf course. When you are a little off, it'll make you look even worse than you are. So, uh, and the wind was up. Maybe we're reading too much into it. He was just fourth place uh, at Los Angeles. And you look back, looking back at him in the last year, even though it's been a year since he won because uh, at Doral, He's played really well in the big events. Look at how he's played in the World Golf Championship events, throwing out this one, and in the majors um, and in the FedEx Cup events. ton of top tens. Even though he hasn't won, he's, he's played well in them.
real quick, a little bit of Sophie's choice here. It's going the last two weeks. Who do you trust more in the clutch in a major, Dustin Johnson or Sergio? Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. Hey, there you go. Go for, go for the writing candidate. I mean, I, there's not an answer. The answer is neither. I mean, it, it's not... I, I know what you're trying to, I, I cannot answer that okay. question because, well, if it's at the Masters, I actually trust DJ more. Yeah, right? okay. Because Sergio is not, if he ever wins a major, it, it will is not, not going to be there because we, we know why. Yes. So if that one, I would say I would give DJ a better chance at Augusta National. The other three, uh, a, a push? <laughs> I don't know. Right. I mean, you know, Just I mean, Sergio, was, Sergio was happy with losing to, to Adam Scott. I, 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 I don't want either one of those guys on yeah. on my side in, a, in any sort of a major pool. If I was a betting man. All right. Well, we'll use this as a as a light segue here for moving on. We've got the Valspar Championship this week. Jordan Spieth defends. We're officially one month away from the Masters, boys. I know you're as excited as I am about that, but. Really, right now, every single week is about Augusta. And what are you doing for Augusta? How is your result preparing you for the Masters? And so the focus, once again, goes to Spieth. He had a missed cut at Riviera, put up a, a bit of a clunker at Doral. Now, this is a course where he had that dramatic playoff victory last year against Patrick Reed. What do you need to see out of the world, number one, to really kind of feel good about him going down to the stretch as he have, has three more events left before the Masters? I want to see a smile on his face. I want to see him looking like Phil, even though he's not winning, that he's content about the way he's confident and content about the way the direction that his game's going. Really, that's what I want to see almost more than the results. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't want to see him missing a cut. You don't want to see him finishing 40th, but, but you, want to, you want to see him uh, happy about his game, and you want to see enough of the results to, to believe it. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, you, you know, Rex mentioned it, and you, you talked about it before. Is just more, just momentum, and, and what is what is momentum? I mean, I don't think he needs to needs to win, um, but but put some good rounds together and just sort of talk like he's happy and excited about going to Augusta National. He still does have a lot of golf left before yeah. we get there, which is whether crazy. he likes it or not. That Correct. might that might not be a good thing. Correct. I mean, he's going to play here. He's going to take a week off, and he's going to play two in a row heading into Augusta National. So with Spieth, it's just, you just want him to get rid of the the fussy pants. <laughs> you know, the down on himself, just kind of, you know, oh, I played poorly because I just didn't feel, well, feel it, dude. You got a month to feel it. And every round that you're out there on tour, you need to feel pretty good about it because I, I still think you can turn it on when you, you know, you're the defending champ at, at the Masters. I still feel like you could play poorly in these three events and turn it on that week, and it wouldn't surprise me if you played well. But I would rather not see that, right? I would yeah. rather just see, you know, again, we didn't expect much out of, at, out of Doral, but we expect quite a bit more this week because the field obviously is not as deep as a World Golf Championship, and it's a place he won just a year ago. So I expect more. Yeah, the expectations are definitely raised. I know we talked before uh, the red light went on here that you're a little concerned about Jason Day, another guy who's had some middling performances as we look forward to the Masters. But for me, I can excuse a missed cut at Riviera, a bad day at the office. That's yeah, fine. I yeah. can excuse... T17 at Doral, it's a course he sa he's always said Doral doesn't fit my eye. It's not a course I can see myself winning at. But if you go to Valspar and if he puts up like a, a tie for 36th, I'm hitting the red button a little bit. That's concerning for me. I know he's going to have a week off to regroup before going to Texas. But uh, it's, it's an issue for me for, for speed as we look forward to the Masters. Yeah, 36, something around there. I, I would, you know, I wouldn't hit the red button, but I would maybe ask where the red button is. 
<laughs> need to you locate know, it quick. We, yeah. I need to, need to kind of know where it is yes. <laughs> in case I need to get there quickly. Yes. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily have my finger on it, but and I don't really anticipate that. I mean, I, I think he's going to get there and have some have some decent vibes and kind of just get it going again and have some good weather and slap it around Innisbrook and you know I, to me a top ten something like that a top eight a top five would be would be just nice enough to to let people know hey. I got it. I got this under control. I'm good, and let's let's move on. Yeah, there's something about Augusta National where form doesn't always mean that much. It's just yeah. one of those places where you know it's round up the usual suspects. You, there are certain guys you know who are going to play well there. You look at I think Jordan Spieth. No matter what his form, I think he'll play well there. Jason Day, same thing. I think uh, he hasn't won there, but he's contended so many times. He's just one of those plays, players who fits that place. And you look at Jason, he has never played well in Florida. I looked it up last week because uh, I actually picked him. Even looking at how bad he was in Florida, I, I'm thinking he's, he's going to show that he's truly at another level and he can play and win anywhere now. So uh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you did your research, though, at least. Yeah, That's good. This is 24 events in Florida now and just one top 10. I don't know what it is. It, it's the high ball that he hits, but... Florida just uh, isn't a good fit for him. But having said that, it tells you that he, he's never played that well in Florida, and he still had chances to win at Augusta National. Uh, let's go rapid fire here. I want to go through a couple things before we close out. Danny Willett, tied for third. Uh, that is his third uh, third place finish in a WGC event in his last five. He's talked early in the week. He might miss the Masters for the birth of his first child. That's a situation to monitor. But my question more is, are we all prepared for Danny Willett, Ryder Cup star? He's guaranteed uh, yeah, to go like four and one at without, Hazeltine, like without just without question. a doubt. He's it's a just going to happen. Victor D, or yeah. I mean, just just insert lock him in with Graham and ultimate shot over the last twenty-five years. Yeah. Now he absolutely is that guy, right? He's going to he's going to make ten footers with his eyes shut to beat the Americans, and he doesn't need to be on a task force to make that ball go. Acceptance is the first happen. step. It's just this is how it's going to be, Randy. I'm doing my homework. Stephen Bowditch. Uh, made $48,000 this week uh, playing, I, I not. Yes, uh, playing like us, perhaps, or at least putting up scores that, that would make Ryan Labner adjust his handicap. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> four, four straight rounds, uh, fails to break 80, 37 over par. I mean, people are talking about that now. Nah, maybe we need to have cuts at WGC events. I think it's just a bad week on a tough course that will kick you in the teeth. And more power to him for going to Twitter on Monday. And, and tweeting out a picture from, from Men in Black looking for the ray gun that'll blank out the last week of golf for him. Yeah, I would, I, I mean, there's not going to be a cut because it's such a limited field. You're not going to add more people to this event. So that's, that's kind of crazy talk. It's not going to happen. I mean, I, there's not really anywhere to go with this. I mean, he just by showing up, that's what you make. I mean, so it's, although it's laughable to the, to the common man when you see stuff that's like that. That's what he qualified. That, that you qualified. He basically... Has earned the right to go there and lay an egg and collect forty-eight thousand dollars. Well, what do you? Get? I mean, Which, it's, it's a lunacy, but that's the truth. Side note: Yako Van Ziel qualified for that event from South Africa, made like fifteen grand to win an event on the the Sunshine Tour, and then didn't go didn't to Miami go. to collect his last place check. What is go. what is with that? He's got to get a travel agent or someone. Someone <laughs> yeah, get fired. Yeah, body double or yeah. something. Uh, anyway, Randy, going to your neck of the woods, LPGA, Hana Jang, another win for her in Singapore, and another great celebration dance. You like that? Uh, are we going to get some single ladies action out of you here in the Monday Scramble <laughs> at any point? 
Uh, only if Jay does it with me, so uh, no, which means it's not happening. You've heard that's too much. This is great, though. She's a breath of fresh air. It is. I mean, I was up, you know, late, way late. You guys were sleeping for a long time when I was watching the oh, tournament. Now you know. <laughs> and she, she had it wrapped up too. It was in command, so you know, you're up late, and 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 the good thing about it was you knew that uh, even though the tournament was, the outcome was certain that you were waiting to see something. Fun, yep. and yep. she did. She gave it to us. Uh, I was wondering, would we get the samurai lasso again? That was pretty cool. She's stepping her game up every sure. week. and wonder what's on what's on tap next. Uh, last one. This is the final week to qualify for the WGC Dell match play because we need another WGC event. Having just closed the books on one, uh, let's talk about notables currently outside the bubble. We got guys like Ian Poulter, Webb Simpson, Gary Woodland, Harris English. Ryan Palmer, any of those guys stick out to you as perhaps they're all in the field in Tampa yeah. who may be able to make a move and, and crack the top 64 and get in that bracket? I don't know. I just hope Poulter makes exactly. it. Exactly. Match play. I mean, he's fun to watch in that just to see his, uh, the size of his eyes go to saucer plates. Yeah, and, it seems and like matches. even though, again, I know they don't, but it seems like they should just invite 63 and have a sponsor invite and just make sure that, that Poulter's always there. He was conspicuously absent gonna, at Doral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he's going to nudge somebody, he's going to rub somebody the wrong, he's going to do something, he's going to win matches. So, you know, love him or hate him, it's a Ryder Cup year, it's going to be fun to see him in there. We'll see. All right, let's take a look at what's going on this week in golf. As we discussed, we got the Valspar Championship where Jordan Spieth defends outside of Tampa. But we also have the true Thailand Classic on the European Tour, and the Ladies European Tour goes to the World Ladies Championship out in China. Randy, I know you'll be on top of that beat <laughs> all week long, but let's go with uh, some final thoughts. Jay, I'll start with you. Ending the week at Doral, looking forward to the next stop in the Florida uh, Yeah, Spine. I mean, it's, it's, still, it's still big, this run-up. You know, I mean, the Adam Scott is on top of the world right now. We'll see what Speed can do. And then next week, again, we're at Arnie's place. So it just doesn't stop getting into another G WGC in Houston a month away from the Masters. This is, this is it's go time. It's heating up. Heating up, boys. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's been a fun season so far. We've had some really good leaderboards, and I'm just looking forward to seeing what Valspar delivers us now. So, and, and all eyes will be on Jordan Spieth. I personally am looking forward to Adam Scott coming down Magnolia Lane on the heels of four straight victories and still <laughs> insisting that he has to take Stevie Williams as his caddy. Yeah. Poor David Clark. I don't know how many he has, tournaments he has to win to get a shot at the Masters, but we'll see. Uh, it's a good problem for Adam Scott. But that's going to do it for us in this edition of Monday Scramble. For Jay Coffin, Randy Mel, Rex Hoggard, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back at it next week, wrapping up the Valspar Championship and previewing the Arnold Palmer Invitational from the King's Place. We'll see you then. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.